Hi, I'm Graham Lasso, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat with Chris, Craig, and Brady. Welcome to the Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat pod. On today's pod, we review a massive three points with 10 men against Brighton at home. We're going to check in on some temperatures, see how everyone's getting on. And we'll have a quick peek into the fancy Premier League, see how everybody's stacking up there. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my brother Craig and our good friend Brady. Guys, how are you doing? It's a, it was a bold win. How are we feeling? Well, what a game, yeah, absolutely chaotic at the end, and uh, yeah, I guess we'll, um, we'll unpack it here. I mean, yeah, Chelsea are the agents of chaos at the moment, uh, the Premier League's all-star entertainers, 23 games, so 23 goals, sorry, in our last four games. I mean, Sky Sports has got a new package, I think it was off the back of Chelsea. When 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 Chelsea play, you know, punters tune in. We're, uh, we're very chaotic at the moment, can't keep a clean sheet for loving the money, but it's uh, you can't say it's boring, I'll say that much. Yeah, maybe can't keep 11 people on the pitch either for the whole game. Oh, we'll dig into that. <laughs> yeah, so we'll start um, at the bridge uh, on Sunday at 2 o'clock where Brighton turned up and it was a, a fast start from Chelsea um, who were tuning up within 21 minutes um, and then the game sort of started to unravel um, quite a bit after that. Um, the game ended three two. Chelsea won. They had two point. Chelsea had two point one expected goals to Brighton's one point one. Um, despite Chelsea having ten men for the for the whole of the second half, thirty two percent possession for Chelsea, as you might expect, uh, very low. Sixty eight percent for Brighton. Seventy seven percent pass accuracy for Chelsea. Um, three shots on target um, of the seven that we took, and seven. Saves for Sanchez out of the nine shots on target that Brian had. Um, let's dig into the the game a little bit more. How did we see the game sort of tactically from the setup and the the player selection? Obviously, Chelsea were really restricted in this game with uh, injuries and suspensions to the point where we had four, had four centre backs playing um, at the back, and which was obviously restrictive in terms of attacking threat. We <clears throat> we offered no overlap. Um, it was quite interesting, actually, that how, how we set up in the game. And and it led us to control the game pretty comfortably, actually. Uh, Brighton had some decent possession, but with absolutely no threat in behind. They didn't actually have a shot in the game until the 38th minute. And even that was a sort of 25-yard speculative 0.02 XG effort. You know, I thought Chelsea controlled the game really, really well up until the until the sending off. And obviously, we were 2-0, 2-0 up as well, which was nice. We didn't offer too much attacking threat ourselves in the game. Um, but obviously set pieces were going to be a really key part of the game for us, and, and that proved to be the case. Yeah, but when you've got four centre-backs on the pitch, uh, you'd hope that um, you kind of channel your inner stoke and get the uh, get the set pieces going. And that's how it worked out. I mean, it, I don't think it was a game of great quality from Chelsea at all. I think it was a little bit like the uh, when we were kids and we used to go in the 90s, we just gritted it out. It was just, I mean, Potch asked for a bit more... You could tell that Potch had got them fired up and... He said in the presser afterwards that we wanted to show that we care and show that we win the game, and that's exactly what it did. They showed us that we, they care, and they sh- and they won the game. Other parts of it were 
very ropey at times. The po- the quality and obviously we could talk about it. Dis- it will discipline a little bit, and um, I don't think even when it's eleven versus eleven, we were particularly great. But we got the win, and it's one of those ones where it doesn't really matter how we play. We just had to win this game because uh, if we lost this game, Brighton would have been. I'm, I'm not sure how many points there would have been uh, a lot in front. I think at least six or seven in front. Uh, Newcastle look already adrift, so we've got to kind kind of rope these teams in in the six, seven, eight spots. So, yeah, it was very important to win and not go adrift to them in the league. Yeah, I think um, it was really, really important to win the game. Our home form has been absolutely shocking um, this season and this year. I think. Do you know um, our last win versus a non-promoted side at home? So obviously, we, we beat Luton this year. Yeah. Is this going all the way back to Tottenham again? Uh, at home, I think was it Palace? Maybe. Yeah, you're close. There's one that was slightly after that. It was even Grand Potter's. Uh, Everton Wolves. No, you're not not quite. Wolves. No. Yeah. It was in Grand Potter's uh, peak. Week. Leeds. No, they yeah. do they come peak up? week. That's it. It's Leeds United. It was a goal scorer that day. Uh, Fafana. It was Wesley Fafana from the corner. I was actually sitting in the uh, Matthew Harden end, and I got a nice shape on the corner, the nice view of the corner. Yes, one nil. That was nine months ago. Probably the last time Fafana played, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was... There's, there's a lot to be said about how Chelsea play. Um, I think it was pretty evident in the first half. Almost evident in a lot of the games we've played recently. We, we seem to be really, really good at playing the ball out from the back. Um, almost to the point now where people are getting a little bit edgy. But we're actually really good at it. And we've got fantastic football players in that area yeah. of the pitch. Um and then the, the ball goes... issue with it, by the way, I find so frustrating. Yeah, personally. but that that, that 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 happens when you transition away from sort of what we were doing before, which is not doing that. It's just some people just it is you know sometimes you don't you don't have the stomach for it. It is kind of um, I remember my mum used to go to football and she'd like scream when the other team got to the halfway line. There's still that kind of older you know, that demographic, I think, of the game sometimes where they just want the ball ball kicked out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's we are definitely playing out we're out uh, from the back really well, and yeah, it kind of your heart is in your throat a little bit sometimes. But yeah, Sanchez, it might be talked about later in attempts. I thought we've, uh, again the distribution was really good. I thought you yeah. can see though the advantages from it with the way when we get out and they press high yeah. and we get out, you can see we're like four on four or four on five. You know, we, we get these massive advantages um, from playing out of the back. So it's pretty evident to see the pluses. At least, we just, we just have no height out front whatsoever. Um, well, we have height, but no one who can head the ball reasonably. So, uh, kicking it long is just actually even much less effective. But even though it's kind of it's just an old school English football thing, isn't it? Just you know, you know, have it get the ball out, sort of thing. And people just adjusting to the playing out from the back. And obviously, after the Sanchez uh mistake against Arsenal, people probably got a bit of PTSD from that as well. That's proper, proper 90s in the second half. Sanchez was literally just booting it yeah, out of his hands. Yeah, you don't yeah, see that yeah. much these days, do you? No, no, not much. Um, it was weird that we lost control of the game, I thought, um, in the second half. Not to the, obviously, you know, you expect it a little bit bright and a fantastic um, passing team, but you think about Newcastle when we're down to 10 men, uh, we were passing it around them quite easily with 10 men. And maybe it was maybe the calibre of the players who were on the pitch. Um for that, for the second half of the Brighton game, we struggled a lot. But yeah, there's there's still a lot of areas to to be worried about with Chelsea. I think open play in the first half, I think was zero point zero one, zero point one xg in the first half, even though we had a lot of the ball dominated them basically. And I think there's a fine you could put it down to maybe the wing backs being Dizassi and Colwell and really struggling to kind of get numbers. But there are lots of elements to the game that are, are troublesome and. 
kind of need to iron those out, whether it's with personnel or tactics. But overall, you have to say second half was fantastic. Uh, really dug in and you got to be proud of the players for that. I think they, they were excellent. Yeah, I think it was a game last year, we were referred to last year. I think the game last year, we definitely would have lost a lot of adversity. And Potch actually said in his presser afterwards, he was he was almost glad that Gallagher, I'm not sure he wasn't glad, but he was happy that Gallagher got sent off because he said to them at halftime, you know, show me what you can do, show me you can win this game. And they did. So um, just a massive result after the Newcastle game, because obviously if we lose this game, there's two in a row and... Not the potch is under pressure, but the you know the players are under pressure, and it's a, it's a massive week. We've got a lot of games, you know, thick and fast. You know, every three, we've got eight games in December, including the one we just played. So it's thick and fast. So need to get some rhythm going. It's it's not actually a massive game in terms of the actual league table, is it? But it did feel like a massive, massive win when we got yeah. it. When we left the ground on on Sunday, it felt like a massive, massive moment for this team, which was great. Yeah, and I think I think it is like if you look at the table now. We're 10 points off fourth with, what, 26 games to go? Um, and we're eight points off fifth. Uh, if we can win on Wednesday against United, I think people will start looking at us going, well, Chelsea got a good run of fixtures now. And we can really start edging towards um, further up the table. Obviously, it won't be as it's easy. It's easier that. fixtures when we lose points. Here. Yeah. But, you know, that's, that's the... I'd rather yeah, that. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, it was good. And tell you what, Tizassi... Three tackles, one interception, two blocked. You there know you've you go. had a good defensive performance when he can make a tackle. He got put on skates a few times by Matoma. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know if he's, he had a really nice moment though, where he slid in. I mean, you were talking, Craig, I think you shared a TikTok with Dan Byrne did it against, I think it was PSG, where he slid in and like kind of beat his chest to the crowd. That's what Dezassi did. He, he got yeah. a slight tackle in. He was like fifth pumping. You know, I think with Dizassi is what we talk about players too much for the Thames. Like, there's a lot of passion in this team. They really care, man. They were like fist bumping at the end. And... I, I do love Dizassi's personality. I think I've talked about this before. He's kind of like a Rudiger type personality. Yeah. I think we do have him missing that. I just, you know, I think my issue with Dizassi is his actual ability, not not his personality. I think he's a great guy and a great, um, you know. Let's go for a pint with him. Team. Yeah, exactly. Like to, nice, great guy. Great guy to go for a pint for, with. There was, there was a, a moment, there was a moment I, I, at the back. I actually think he's a great guy and a decent player, but you guys think he's just a great well, guy. Well, I think there was a moment at the back where he gets the ball and he's like turning left, I think, almost out, you know, he's in the 18-yard box facing the goal and he's trying to turn left to go hmm. then out towards it. And watching him turn was like, uh, the guy in front of us, was like an 18-wheeler trying to get round. <laughs> Well, for for newer listeners of the pod, uh, if we think we're, if we think he's a nice guy, we'll have a beer with him. That's code for he's not a very good player, by the way. Uh, just in case you're new, just in case you're new in town. But um, yeah, I, th- I think that leads on nicely to like talking about discipline because I think with Potch, you know, like Craig said in the last pod, very fiery character himself. He's quite fiery in the presses now. They're asking questions. He's quite grumpy. Um, what do you think about the discipline in the team? Because like. The Gallagher sending off, it's, they're playing on the edge, this team. You know, they're really on the edge. A lot of high recoveries, a lot of energy. But it does seem to me that there might be a bit of a discipline problem. I think we're top for yellow cards this season. So what do you guys think about that? And obviously there was the melee, the melee at the end, which is fun for a fan to see, but maybe not a good sign going forward. Absolutely. I love yeah, I love it too. Yeah, I couldn't I disagree it. more with, with you in terms of... I mean, of we, need, we, need, we need this. This is what we missed last season, was everyone just... That Newcastle away game really stuck with me last season of... They just they they just bullied us. We don't want yeah. to get bullied in games. Like fine, we're, we're Brighton are quite a soft team. We put our foot in against them. Gallagher went too far. I think that that's clear. And I would like, say that, that if we lost the game, Gallagher would be like, "Oh, I can't believe he's so ill-disciplined." But we won, and it's like kind of like, "Oh, yeah, we well, you know." 
I'm just being I devil's think, advocate. I think it's yeah, but you got to you got to pick your moments. You know, yeah. you know, you can, you know, it's a bit like speed. Like it's like speed in a car, right? Your car can go 160 miles per hour. You don't go yeah. speeding down every road. You got to pick your moments to pick the speed to use at the right moments. And Gallagher sliding in in the middle of the pitch when we've got two players around the player is completely chaotic and completely irrational. So you got to pick your moments, and I think that's that's inexperience for me. And also, like, it's the first half of the game. We're 2-0 up. There's just absolutely no need for it. The moment of the game is is paramount to think about as well. You know, to to be... He's got two red cards in the first half of his career at Chelsea. Like, that's just crazy to me, the amount of games he's played. There's and actually, two... do, you know the, do you know the last player to get a first half red card in the Chelsea? Thiago Silva? No, it was... Uh, Gallagher. Against Leicester. Against oh, right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a very, sim- very similar game where we grew it out on one, two, one, under two yeah. call, four, two call left. But um, no, I think with Gallagher, I mean, I think he comes from a good place, but I think he just needs to be reined in a bit. He gets too many yellows. If you saw, if you saw the, if you saw the first challenge, that could have been a straight red. It was a really bad challenge. I, I did yeah, see a replay bad. of that. It was, it it was very, great. very, very bad challenge. And it, 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 he's not a malicious player at all. He just really, really cares. And I just think there can be a little bit of a. I think you can still really get stuck in and care. But be a little bit of a kind of you know a tempering, and that might might come from silver or the people talking about the training pitch. He doesn't need to go a hundred miles an hour all the time, like you say, Chris. If he just tempered it a little bit, it'd be so effective for us. But... Chris actually pulled it up at the time uh, in game. Eagle yeah. like Chris from the stands. He said that was got, a bad at the time. Yeah, before. really bad tackle. And I tell you what, I said he needs to watch himself. He going put, and then he he cleaned someone else out after that, and it was like, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, don't do that. And then he does that foul for the second year, and he's thinking. Uh, that comes a little bit. I mean, he's the captain as well, but yeah, yeah, very, very poor for me. Yeah, it was very bizarre. On well, I was watching on TV, we all thought Caicedo had been booked, and he was like flying about like he was trying to get something off. But apparently, he was not booked in this game. So um, there must have been a mix-up because I thought that if Chile got that yellow card, yeah, and then someone yeah, told me it was Caicedo. He was like Caicedo, who just trying to get sent off versus your old team. He was, but, he was, he was quite quick to hand out the yellows. I think the ref, he yeah, was he getting was. Good. Good. So, but if um, and you know, straight out of Cobham said, you know, he put the poor in Craig Porson. But uh, well, he, he's a, he's a he's a poor ref for sure. Yeah, Porson. Yeah. I mean, we've in had yellows him, yesterday is just ridiculous. And also, you know, he got all the penalty, all the big incidents wrong. He obviously yeah. didn't give the penalty for, for Mudrick and then did give a penalty when, I don't know what he's looking at to give that as a penalty. I also think for the Milner one, I mean, it was quite funny, actually. It was like Milner versus Mudrick, uh, volume two. Do you remember the last time when Milner versus Mudrick? Oh, right, yeah. Liverpool, Liverpool way, it was like volume two of that. I think that's got to be a straight red, no? I mean, I, I don't see... Yeah, I thought when, it was. When, when you're a goal-scoring opportunity, unless, I think the rule is apparently that if you're playing the ball... Exactly. Yeah, um, you've got to be, you got to be making an attempt to play the not, ball. He was not playing the ball at all. The ball was nowhere near him. So that's, well, I mean, that's got to be a red. It's a so, matter of debate, yeah. I think, that, I guess. Ooh, I don't know. I don't think the ball's I think it's. A, I think it's an easy red. As soon as he gives the foul, it's a red card because Milner's nowhere near the ball. He just bundles into the back of him. It was, it was a touch and go penalty. Well, I think looking at it, probably it was a pen. But What's um, Dermot Gallagher got to say about it on ref watch? <laughs> we, we, we don't care what he thinks. <laughs> Right, let's talk about some players and let's talk about temperatures. Time to see whose form's on top, who's heating up, whose temperatures dropped, who's been playing well and who's not. It's freezing, warming up, boiling hot. Right, I think I'm first. 
you've put yourself first. Yeah. I've put myself yeah. first, yeah. You're well, the front so that, in the post office, yeah? <laughs> Easy freezer for me, first of all. I mean, this is one of the easier ones of the season. He's been boiling hot for long periods of the season, but he let, he let the team down yesterday. And that's Conor Gallagher in the freezer. Shocking decision-making. Um, he was actually, he's actually been poor. I, I feel bad for him at Newcastle because for some reason he chucked him out right wing. Um, but he was poor in that game. His outputs, he had a really good chance in the Newcastle game as well where he put it wide when Pope passed in the ball. Didn't have a good game. He did not have a good game against Brighton and he was sent off for a foolish, foolish tackle and he let the team down and almost cost us three points because we were cruising. Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked we've talked about this already um, pre temps, but yeah, I mean, just unacceptable, not not good decision making, and we've seen it before from him, obviously in Leicester in the Leicester game, and yeah, just just can't do it. You can't cost yourself like teams games like the good teams that end up doing well in the league and and winning things. They don't do stuff like that, basically. Like they don't have players that do things like that. So yeah. he, he needs to either sort it out or, or he won't play for us. And that, that's a simple I think he was already quite biety in midfield, but I think giving him the captaincy, he's even more. He's just, he, he is like Mr. Chelsea. I, I love his competitiveness in midfield. He is, like, you you want to keep that without, without being stupid, you know? I don't know the exact stat, but is he's the highest for the high... Uh, I think he's got the most recoveries or whatever that stat is this season. Like he, And so it's a fine line, right? Like We love him because yeah. he wins the ball back and... I mean, if he ever played under Tuchel for a long time, he would have loved him. Tuchel but you, loved can, you can win the ball back without studying someone on the foot. Yeah, I hope. But he's he's not a malicious player. He just he goes in with like real real like kind of welly. He kind of goes in. He's he's a hundred percent. He's super fit, and he just seems like he's so robust. People just bounce off him. Anyway, like, I said I said about him that he, I think him playing well is a problem in the team because I think the balance is wrong with the players. And I think you'll see on Wednesday with Palmer there. I hope, um, and not Uga Chukwu that that will benefit us in the attacking areas a lot more. But we'll see. I think, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a predictable freezer because he got sent off and um, Reese James got sent off last week, but they were both really poor reds, I think, in different ways. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's not good. And um, yeah, it just, I think it just shows that he's a player who's just so eager to be in the team, so eager, he kind of, you know, he's looking for that new contract and... Yeah, I mean, Poch, man, Poch defended him in the presser afterwards, which I think was a big sign. Poch loves him. I mean, Poch will be pushing for that new contract because he refused to throw him under the bus. He said it wasn't a red. So, uh, the second yellow, anyway. Uh, I, th- I think he thought the second yellow was quite harsh. But, yeah, I mean, it's a big it's a big learning curve for Connor, but there's a lot of learning curve for this team. There's a lot of stuff that they do that's kind of that makes you pull your hair out, and then the next second they're scoring worldies. So, yeah, it's just going to be a roller coaster this year. I think it's got to just strap yourself in, and that's what that's what this young Chelsea team is going to be for the next year or two. I think. Who have you got, Brady? I mean, a bit like Kai Havertz last year. I feel sorry for this guy. I mean, got a hat trick recently, but it's Nick Jackson again. I just I'm not feeling it, man. Uh, he's got a sponsorship deal with North Face coming up if this keeps up. I mean. You can certainly watch the Nick, Nick 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 Jackson the freezer at the moment. I mean, sometimes it's like watching FIFA and he only knows the dribble button. He just dribbles into nowhere. He's just got options. And, he, and there was a highlight video that came out. And some of it was like him just getting fouled. And the one thing I will say about him, he got his first assist of the season. And he actually headed it like, not like a sort of, like a child. He actually headed it like a man across the ball. And he actually, maybe he's been working, maybe he's working on his heading. Because he usually looks like a 10-year-old when he did it. Like, it looks like he's covid his eyes and scared. But yeah, I mean, the thing with Nick is, he needs to be moved out of that position because he's not a number nine. 
Uh, he's a winger or a wide forward for me. Um, he played. He's, that not, he's never near skillful enough to be a winger. I don't think. I mean, he played. I don't know what, what's what's Mane. I think he's a lot like Sadio Mane, personally. I think he that, that he, he plays that wide forward. He's nowhere near as good as Mane. And, and, but that's a, I'm not saying. It, but you've got to compare. He's him not even some... the right. No, he's not the right mole. Mane's yeah, like I don't. I don't see that either. To be honest, he's more like he's. And if you look at his Real heat maps last year, a lot of it has come from that left hand side. Yes, but I know he played like that left forward role. But I, I, I think I'd rather see him and move him to nine and coach him in that position than move him back. To, well, it is not a coaching. Yeah. And like, you know, you know what? In two years, I might be looking at, it's one of them with Jackson where like, you're either going to look like, yeah, we were right. And it, but in two years, you might look like an idiot when he's like a superstar. And I'm, I'm fine with that. But at the moment, he's not offering enough. He just gets pushed off the ball too easy. He doesn't hold it. And the main thing is just hogging the ball. I don't yeah. mean to be watching, I don't mean to watching too, too many Ronaldo videos at home. So I mean, that is so frustrating to watch. Put his head down. He's got so, so many, especially in a game like this. I mean, if, to be fair, for the goal, uh, sorry, not for the goal, for the penalty that we won, he released it early to Mudrick, and I thought, right, finally. But he's just so many times where he doesn't release it, and um, he did get an assist, and, you know, he, a, a bits and bobs of, like, good things. But for every one thing he does well, he just seems to be do three things badly. And, look, he's got, I think it's, like, six or seven goals this year. He's got an assist now, so... His G slash A per minute is good. Obviously, that's been inflated massively by the Tottenham, like all the Tottenham tap-ins and whatever. I mean, I'm not going to take away. You get you get a hatch against Tottenham, good for you. It was a massive moment for him. But I can't wait for Nkunku to come in or Bro- Broya to turn up, put in, find some form because he just chop his minutes up. I think he's just, he's like a lot of these players. I think they've played too much. They need to be benched a bit. They need to be rotated. They're, they're kind of, they, they don't, they're not consistent. So again, he's freezing cold for me. I couldn't think of anyone else to put in other than Gallagher and yeah, not, not a good performance for me. He he was my freezer as well, Jackson. Yeah. So I'll just talk about. Um, I've I've kind of given up a bit with him. I I used to see sort of a pathway for him to become like a, a good player even this season for us. You know, work on a few different things, but I've sort of lost hope with that even now. Um, I know it's kind of fast to do that in December of his first season, but I just I just don't see it anymore. I I thought I saw the the makings before with his personality in pre-season where he was really sprinting around. It's almost like he took those games a bit more seriously than he's taking the Premier League games or I don't know if he's run out of puff or I don't know what it is, but it, you know, he does move around, but his sprints are like so much less intensity. Um, he reminds me when he's pressing of um, when Lukaku first came and Tuchel asked him to press and he sort of, he sort of runs to where he's supposed to be, but there's no actual intensity of press. There's no urgency. There's no thought that he's actually going to win the ball. He's sort of just doing what he's told and the minimum that is required of him in that regard. And then when you add to that, his lack of ability to hold the ball up, he's so poor in the air, holds on too long with the ball. He doesn't look clinical in front of goal either. You know, you're looking at all these qualities and you're thinking like, what does he actually have that is separating him and making us think that he could actually make it as our, as, as our number nine in the near future? Um, so yeah, I've, I've sort of given up with him, unfortunately, and it's kind of a shame because I've, we've kind of gone full circle with Jackson from thinking that he was we needed to sign a striker because he's definitely not going to be the answer. He's too young a player to coming round to him and being like, "Wow, this guy looks really good. Maybe he's going to be the answer." To now we're back to, yeah, I mean, he's we need a we need to sign a striker. I'm on the fence with him. I yeah. don't think he's as bad as people are making him out to be, definitely. Um, and I do think he's got a lot to learn. And that's important that he's, he's a young guy, 22. 
Sorry, um, just to talk about quickly as well. Two of nine ground duels yesterday. I wanted to, to mention that as well. In terms of competitiveness of the team and squad, which Posh is focused on right now, not 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 doing it on that level either. I think. I think that I think there will be benefits of playing. I think it will become obvious when we get better players in forward positions, and I think it's important that we remember that the people who are playing up front were missing. I think some really, really top players. Even yesterday, we don't have a 10. I know people think Gallagher's good in that position. I think he's clearly not. Um, and you, yeah, Enzo's a bit deeper and it just feels like there's a gap there and I think the three of them are just trying really hard and they don't seem to gel that well. And I think they're all very individualistic in how they're approaching the game. There doesn't seem to be much link-up. Sterling and Jackson a few bits. Um I would I would give it a little bit more time on Jackson. I, I think he there's loads of good stuff that he's doing. Um, I definitely haven't given up on him, but he's very raw. He does four touches yesterday and he had three dribbles. Yeah. Uh, so w- what exactly was he up to in the game would be my I mean he had I mean he had eight I mean I know he had ten minutes. He had eighteen he had eighteen touches, man. And sometimes he takes so many touches when he's dribbling, he probably like influenced the ball about five times. So it's just he's just not in the game. And um yeah, I haven't given up on him. And he's, he's actually got more goals at this stage than I thought he would have. And obviously that's caveated by the Tottenham game. But, um, and look, he did look he looked better with him. Maybe he's a bit like Havertz, a bit of a side man. Maybe when Nkunku comes in, takes the spotlight off and a bit, chops his minutes up. Like I said, he'd improve actually. But at the moment, maybe he's just played too many minutes and I don't know. But he just seems to run out of steam a bit. Needs a bit of a reload like crazy. Needs a bit of a recharge. So, uh, yeah, not good, I'm afraid. Yeah. Uh, well... I'm I'm not as worried. I would be more worried about Brogia, but that's me. I think we've seen enough of him. To I, I think yeah, the I amount think. of minutes we've seen of Jackson is the the reason people are saying this. I think Jackson in ten minutes would be more dangerous to Brogia at the moment. That's my personal mm-hmm. opinion. I think Brogia's looking a bit like someone who's been injured for a long time. <laughs> anyway. Um, so we're, I think that's it for freezes, isn't it? No one else. So disaster, you avoided it. Well done, well done, Axel. You've you've avoided the axe of crazy. He actually did really well to avoid it because I tell you what, playing right back is not not easy against Brighton with um, when they especially when they brought Matoma. Yeah, on. and you know what, Matoma done it. You know he would have struggled against Matoma, and Poch actually made a really good sub. He, he yeah, finally brought, he finally brought William Martin on in the right position. He put him on the opposite side of where he's supposed to be. He's slowly working him back to left back. <laughs> he moved him from striker to right back. And then right back to left back eventually. But me and Martin actually did pretty well against Matoma. Um, and I think that was a good... I think we went basically went to a five. Um, and yeah, that helped Dizassi out a bit. And they doubled up on Matoma a bit. And Dizassi was more about the headed clearances and whatnot. But um, yeah, I thought Dizassi did pretty well and showed a lot of passion. Always shows passion. Right, let's move on to warming up. Um, warming up for me is... Some pretty easy ones here. There's a, there's a couple of obvious ones, I think. Yeah, I, I, I think for me, Benoit Badia Shile. Yeah. Um, I thought he come off a came off a really really average. I don't think he was that bad. Um, I think Ugo Chikwu was really bad against Newcastle. I think Badia Shile came off a, a very poor game, like an average game in uh, against Newcastle. I thought he was fantastic. I really did. Um, obviously he gets the the assist. Um, for the goal, really smart to do what he did. You know, just kick it back into a dangerous area um, for the Enzo goal. Um, and 
Yeah, he's just he's just dominant. I think he just dominated um, Ferguson for for a lot of the game. He yeah. he made some really smart blocks um, in some really big moments for us. I think he's heading a lot of stuff out. He always seems to be in good positions, which I like. I like that a lot. And yeah, I think we can be uh, reasonably happy with him. Obviously, he's come. Look, I always give people a game when they come back from injury, but um, I think he's looking really, really strong. And and now we have this Badiashile, Colwell, Kukurea dilemma as we move on to Wednesday night. But really happy with Badiashile. I think he can be uh, very impressed with his performance. Ninety four point three pass accuracy. He only misplaced two passes. I mean, the cream always rises to the top. Once the, the the rust was shaken off, we saw the real baddie of Shield. I mean, it's this guy. This guy's top notch. Uh, he had a bad game against Newcastle, but I think we all did. To be honest, I think he's right that game off. I think a little bit. It was, I mean, it was awful. But yeah, I think he's. I think he's got so many good characteristics. Um, he did not play that strikes like kind of strikes out. Maybe like a Cole Will. Cole was a bit more flashy and kind of. He's got a few more like like kind of striking attributes. He's passing and from whatnot. But Barry Shield was just like eight, nine out of ten in most departments as a centre back, and he's so solid. Just have barely got any weaknesses. And um, yeah, I think he's a fantastic player, and we're lucky we got him because I think, like I said before, there was a lot of clubs after him in last January. So um, yeah, I'm glad he's back. And like I said, a lot of times that centre back position. I mean, Fafana's not even around, and we've got people fist fighting for their positions. So. Yeah, really happy of him, and I'm glad he had a good game and uh, kind of parity restored in terms of, um, you know, they kind of got their sort of, I don't know, the Newcastle kind of monkey off his back or the devil off his back or whatever, because it, it, if he had another bad game, it would have really, you know, he might have struggled for confidence. But yeah, you could tell that, you know, there was a bit of him and Silver in the tunnel talking, I think, before the second half, and they were like having a chat about how they're going to do it. And yeah, just really, really good player. Yeah, I thought he was brilliant in the game. I what I would say about him, the one thing is the Brighton's first goal. I think obviously him and Colwell both a little bit slow to to stop the shot. Although I do think like letting a player shoot from there is it's not the end of the world. For, um, me, that's, for me, that's Colwell's fault. That, the Colwell's well, he's, 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 it looks like they it looks like they're coached to to um, push them inside to where the help yeah. is. Um, I, I know that they both both sides did that the whole game. They let the wing space Ooh. be driven into and they push them internally into where the help is so if, if that is what they are supposed to do tactically which it looks like they are based on what I'm watching then yeah Badishil is too slow to, to come across but yeah obviously hard to know exactly without being in their coaching meetings exactly what um, you know to, to portion too much blame either side but apart from that yeah I mean he's great and also like the, the actual football player comes out in, for the goal where I don't think there's many centre-backs that could deliver what he did for yeah. the, the first goal which is fantastic um, you know he's a, he's a great footballer as well as a good centre back. So um, yeah, high hopes for him. And the, the Newcastle game obviously wasn't the best game for a lot of players, um, but nice to see him bounce back with a with a really solid performance. And I think yeah, one of the clear obvious candidates for warming up. Nice. Uh, for me, right? Yeah. Split opinion on this guy, but for me, I'm always a goalkeeper's union. It's, it's Rob Sanchez. I thought he was brilliant second half. Made some great saves. We actually uh, fed on our X account. Uh, he's a Brighton boy no more. If you could follow us on X, we are slowly, and I say every week, we are slowly calling towards 2,000 followers. We're about 50 away. If you could follow us on Eat Sleep Chelsea on X, we can finally get to 2K followers. That'd be great. I mean, he faced um, he faced 2.76 uh, XG shots on target. So he actually basically you know, prevented the goal, essentially. 
Um, the main thing about Sanchez is like there's not you know for that our for our penalty, you know he comes out he had three high claims this game and he just rolls it out. It's a lot like the Liverpool game in the first uh, where we kind of released and we nearly won the game at the end. That's that is the upgrade on Kepa. I don't I think Kepa sometimes can be a good shot stopper. Rob, you know Rob Sanchez is not an elite shot stopper, uh, but he can catch corners. He's got improving distribution. He's got high claims. And he gives it out to the salty Brighton fans at the end. I mean, that's kind of the reason why I've given it. I mean, Brighton fans, I don't know if I'm putting them in the freezer. They've got a lot to say for themselves when they're basically, you know, they haven't got major honour to speak of. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're giving it out about, you know, being in the Europa League. We've won it twice, lads. So chill on that. Absolutely, and, uh, idea to the Brighton. Yeah, Brighton. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really like Brighton <laughs> that much. But they're just, they're way, way too big at this. But anyway, um, yeah. Uh, seven saves in the second half, and uh, yeah, at the end he was giving it. Away. You know, he was giving it to his old teammates a little bit, like Cole will. He's a Chelsea boy now, and yeah, I'm happy with him at number one. There's a lot of talk about are we going to get in the summer? Don't know if we need a new goalkeeper to be honest. I mean, it shows me and Chris disagree about Anana, but you, it, even Chris would say that Anana's been up and down. And there's a lot of goalkeepers. Goalkeepers make mistakes all the time. Look at Edison yesterday in the. Uh, that Tottenham game just lets the ball through him. It's, it's it's tough to get a really really good goalkeeper, and I think we've got a solid one for a good price. So I wouldn't be breaking the bank unless there's like a really huge scary goalkeeper coming in. I think he's done well and uh, warming up for me. I think we should. Um, I should do a stitch on X and a video showing. Um, I think I believe it was the Brighton game actually, where the, the crosses are coming in and Kepa's like palming it up in the air and then it yeah, leads yeah, to Brighton yeah. scoring I think right and then Sanchez yesterday where he grabs the ball from the corner and we'll run down the other end and we get a penalty yeah that's that's what it that's that's all it is it's that simple that's the only time in the half that we got three on three by the way we never yeah. attacked that and because of Sanchez's rollout you know like yeah. we, we actually have three on three versus them when we got the penalty other, other than that we didn't get any clean breakaways the whole half really I think basically our entire XG in the second half was a penalty so yeah, I mean it's not an assist, but it's not it's not far off an assist from Sanchez. And the thing, he, he, you know, a, a corner comes in, and you're still thinking you've got Keppering guy. Think, oh, this is a big problem. He just comes out and catches it, no problem. So you know, the, he's got some things to work on. But yeah, some really good saves as well. And uh, yeah, very few goals are his fault in terms of like you know shot stopping or anything like that. So but yeah, and he's, you know, like we say, in distribution's improving. I'm happy with Rob Sanchez. I think he's a good goalkeeper. I think for the 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 goal, I, I I think he get he does get some criticism actually amongst the the fans for his distribution because he's he's asked to do a lot. I think from a distribution I, I, point of view, I know it's about the first goal. I don't know a goalkeeper in the world who saves the first goal. Yeah, so I, I, looking back on that, I think on the TV, for, I was just talking about from where the, where I was watching on the stands. I thought because it hits the side netting and then goes and settles in the middle of the goal. So I thought yeah. the the shot was a lot worse than it was. Yeah, it was a great great effort. To be, I, I can't blame Sanchez for that. There's some that might get fingertips, but maybe not. It's tough, tough one to save. Yeah, so you can't be too sure. But yeah, I, I think he, he's asked to do a lot of really hard things, and I think he's been doing them decently. Yeah. That, I don't know, like you know, long term answer for us. I, I don't know about that, but yeah, I, I think he's doing a good job, like so far. There's a lot of that bit. Like if you look at the goalkeeper market, I mean, I'm not a goalkeeper scout or anything. But there's not much about. There's not that many world class goalkeepers. I mean, actually, the one of the most touted ones is Gaga Salina, who's in our team. He's what he's supposed to be the next big thing. So, I, and if the Petrovic that we've got is apparently also supposed to be very good. So, I think we're set goalkeeping wise. I don't think you need to worry too much about buying a big goalkeeper or 60, 70 million personally. That's in my opinion. I completely agree. What'd you say, Chris? 
Completely agree. Yeah, right, perfect. Craig. So my warming up is going to be Mikhailo Mudrik. I thought he had a really good game. I think apart from that, the, the, what would have topped it up and what would have got him to boiling hot, I think, would have been him actually, that second touch. He took a really good first touch from Jackson's pass for the, the penalty. And then he just massively overhit his second touch. Um, if he just controlled that a bit better, gone around the goalie, slotted it in. I mean, what performance we would have been talking about? Um, and already we're talking about a decent performance. I thought he played well. Um, and and yeah, just you know, making an impact in the minutes he got. You know, he's had half an hour in our last three games, three sets of thirty minutes, and he's done pretty much nothing in the games when he's come on. And it's just nice to see him come like sh- have a big impact on the game yesterday. I thought he was quite influential in the game had a couple of really nice dribbles. There was a moment in the first half where he got the ball played to his back and, and an area which I really think he needs to improve is when his back is to the defender and he Cruyff turned him and, and dribbled past it and then he ended up shooting from 25 yards, which is fine, I guess. But, you know, I think overall his impact on the game was really, really strong yesterday and, and that's a good start. And, you know, we've got a lot of games in December. We're going to have to rotate some players probably as well. Him performing at that, a, a solid level and, and showing some attacking output like he did yesterday would be fantastic for us in December. Go on, Chris. Yeah, like, I think Midrick's been decent this season, to be honest with you, when he's played. Um, it was another good performance from him. I think he can do more um, in the game. I think he's still a little bit too... You can tell he's working on his defensive stuff. And I have to say... His defensive work is excellent. I don't know if anyone has noticed this, but he is really, really good defensively. Like, his positional play, I was watching him really closely, is exceptional. He's picking up, like, tackles Mm. and interceptions every game. And I don't think that gets enough credit, to be honest with you. Um, He he really does... You can see he's working really hard on that area. I think he can do moving forward. I think there's there's times where... just seems to be a little bit into himself. Um, but there's there's some absolutely fantastic moments from him. He's, he's a, I think you've got a gem in him, so you've got to keep going with him. I just think, I mean, if you had to guess, how many minutes do you think he's got in the Prem this year? 350. 400. 400. Yeah. Go on, Craig. 400, yeah, I would have guessed, yeah. Four, great great, great uh, guess, uh, Chris. 468. Four, it's just like Raheem Sterling's got 1,100. I'm not saying, you know, that, that that's... And Raheem Sterling's got the most because he's been one of the best players, but he's barely got any minutes. Like, you know, he's got two goals and assists. He gets no rhythm whatsoever. And young players need rhythm. And, yeah, that moment in the first half where he turns someone and then, I mean, Craig, you said you've done a bad decision to shoot. Nick Jackson made a terrible run where basically he was offside, by the way. So he had no option but to shoot. He was doing that the so, whole game, by the way. He was offside it, the like, whole match. That happens a lot where, like, Mujer looks up and goes, well, there's no point passing to you because you're offside. So I'm going to have a go. And like, yeah, I mean, it was a good effort. And I'll tell you what, the way Mudrick shoots in training and all that, I don't mind him having a shot. He's got a bullet of a shot. Uh, he hasn't shown any effort Chelsea at all, but trust me, he has. Um, so in lots of videos of Shakhtar where he's like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with Mahalo. It's raw action. I can show you some videos of Timo Werner if you want. From... Yeah, I don't, I don't know if... <laughs> but I yeah, know I, know, I know what you mean. I, and by the way, he hit the ball well enough yesterday for the shot. Yeah, cool. yeah. Just, I think... 
again, it's real ratchet boost, but I think also he's been really working about being, you know, a, a player for Poch. He wants to get into Poch's system, and he, you know, Poch's put his arm, put, Poch, you know, literally, it's kind of the cliche, literally put his arm around him a lot, and you know, in the Tottenham game he did that, he just calms him down and tells him what to do. And there was actually an interview with him on Chelsea TV, and his English is pretty good. I mean, a lot better than Kai. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, he's, he's a lot better than Kaiseido, let's put it that way. Uh, and a lot better than Silvers, apparently. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he thinks it's just pretty good. And, like, he's very, like, I mean, he's kind of seen as a bit, I don't know, a bit of a bad boy or whatever, a bit of, like, a rebel because he's got loads of tattoos or whatever and all that. But, I mean, he seems pretty down to earth and, like, quite chill. So, um, I think he's just a quiet kid. He just wants to do really big, a good footballer. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of, like I said, a lot of games, like you said, Craig, a lot of games this month. Let's hope he gets three or four starts. I mean, he might, I mean, especially if, you know, we can maybe just Gallagher being out, maybe we can start to just play, uh, you know, um, Cole Will, uh, sorry, not Cole Will, uh, Palmer in an eight. So then we can actually have Mudrick and Sterling on the pitch and maybe they can swap wings and things like that. That would be really nice. Um, so, yeah, I have to wait and see. But, yeah, I agree. I thought he was good and um, really good for, the, for to win the penalty. Yeah, I think he would have, when he was, had that run of playing quite well for us, he got injured straight after it, didn't he? And yeah. he missed the, a couple of games through that. And then when we had all our players injured uh, up top, he was injured as well um, during that period. He's had a couple of injuries this year. Otherwise, I think he would have played you know, a decent amount more. So a real shame that that couple of game stretch where he, he started really contributing and playing well, he, he got injured because I think, yeah, yeah, it would have been nice to build on that for sure. Yeah, big goals versus, you know, obviously Arsenal. I mean, obviously that goal was a bit of a fluke, I suppose. But the Fulham goal was good. Yeah, great goal. And that shows what he's about. So, um, yeah, long may it continue. Like, you're going to be up and downs. We're going to be, he's going to be, trust me, I think he'll probably be in the freezer a few a few times this year, a couple of times, because be, he'll be up and down, I think. But I don't but, care about that as long as he has some yeah. output, you know, yeah. in other games. So. Um, he's, got, he's, he's just got something in the locker. I just don't know how to say it. He, just, he did a through ball for Jackson. And I think it was a Villa at home game. Just unbelievable through ball from nowhere. And he just, he's just got this thing where he can just do something special just out of nowhere. And uh, not many of our other tackles can do that. Sterling's not really like that. Sterling's more about Mr. Consistent, kind of consistently plays well. Uh, Palmer maybe has obviously got that in the locker, but yeah, Mudrick has really got like some special attributes if you can unlock him. So yeah, um, not dissimilar to maybe Son in his, in his career. I mean, obviously Son has developed into a world-class player, but Son was a little bit like this under Poch. He was like very raw in and out of the team. So if he can come in, if Poch can um, help him like he helped Son, then that'd be really helpful. I think the nice thing with Mudrick that you can see is that he he does have all the gear. I know we have the joke, all the gear, no idea, but he's he, he does have everything in terms of what you're looking for yeah. to build a, a, a top player because he's got the shot on him as well. So he just needs to put it all together, Mudrick, yeah. and and yeah. yeah, boiling hot. And there's only one place to start, and that is the superstar Enzo Fernandez. Another fantastic performance. Um, I thought he was the only player who could leave that Newcastle game with his head held high. I think he's everything I'm looking for in midfield in that area. I think he overshadows Caicedo quite a bit, um, to be honest with you. Um, but I think we'll, we'll see the best of Caicedo when Lavia's back. But um, yeah, I, I really, really enjoy watching Enzo and I think his, his, just his general play is outstanding. And finally, finally, we've got some goals to go with it, which I, I love. And he deserves the goals. He, he's so, so good for us on the ball. And he's, he's 
the reason we can play the way that we play, him and Caicedo. They're, they're the absolute reason why we can go and play games against Man City um, and go toe-to-toe with them. Because if we don't have them, it will fall apart very, very quickly. Um, and I think he's, he's, he was excellent again yesterday. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, get a couple more goals and some assists and uh, I think he's going to be a superstar. Go on, Greg. I, I'm, I was really impressed with, with Enzo yesterday. Obviously, the goals are a nice part. But yeah, I think I agree with Chris in terms of we asked Caicedo and Enzo to do a lot of really, really hard things. Same with Sanchez, you know, the, in that spot at the back when I was talking earlier, you know, the, with the build-up play. They, they get the ball with their backs to people sprinting at them. Um, and you've got to be on top of everything. And you know that it, it doesn't get enough credit, probably, amongst casual fans how hard a role that actually is um to 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 be on like a good press like spurs have a great press city have a great press newcastle have a great press brighton have a great press or historically did anyway um you know we've had four games in a row against teams that really really press well and you know like chris says without players like caicedo and enzo we we were not able to build the ball up from the back and and play as well in, in the games as we have done excluding newcastle so yeah uh, you know, it's nice to even see. Even in the Newcastle game, we we played around them yeah. very very easily. We, we, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there were moments definitely that were that were decent um, that we didn't capitalize on. So yeah, I, I I think he's a he's a key key player for us. I, I love him, his personality as well on the pitch. I think he's a he's a great character, and uh, I think you'll see probably more and more of that as we get better and better. Because I think when he first came, he really showed it a lot, and then sort of we've been rubbish and he sort of realized that he can't just expect to win every week. Like he was expecting to do when he first arrived. And as we get to that point again, which I'm sure we will do to become a really, really top team here that I think you'll see his personality and influence grow on the game as well. So yeah, we're really happy that we've got him and that midfield of Enzo and Caicedo is just phenomenal. I mean, it was a really nice stat from, um, the London Three podcast. He had 22 shots um, this season, more than any other player in the Premier League, with uh, without scoring. Then he scored with a header. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I think of Enzo. I do think he's a really, really good, t- talented player. Uh, but I think what's happened is I think he's just played a bit too much. I think he's played. I think he's missed like one game for us. Yeah, and he, he's got he's gone away a lot. Um, obviously, at the World Cup last last winter. Um, you know, he's playing for Argentina every minute. I think. Um, there's a lot of travelling. I think he he's looked a bit leggy to me. I look a bit mentally leggy. Uh, I'm not saying he should be dropped at all, but I mean, I mean, with, with the winter break coming up, I think that'll help him. Um, I, he has looked a bit leggy. I think, yeah, I think it's been a lot for him coming over. I think he thought he was going to walk into an elite team. And, you know, we we really scrambled for him, and even the transfer saga. I mean, like you know, a year ago, that kind of have its have its toll. But yeah, I would like to see more goals and assists, especially assists. He hasn't got an assist yet this season, so. Need to see way more of that from him. Uh, that might be down to some poor finishing, to be fair. Yeah, I think let's let's yeah. not. Um, yeah, but I, I am not. I'm not going to put him in superstar status. I think he's a fantastic player, but um, seem to be able to see a little bit more from him sometimes. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with Borden Hart. He was great in this game, and, it's, and and the main thing was the penalty. I I've got to be honest, I was not that confident when he stepped up to the penalty, and the goalkeeper still actually dived the same way as Ariola did against West Ham, and he's rolled it for. It, it takes a lot of, uh, let's say, cojones to uh, roll it down the middle. Even I think apparently 98% of the time, like, keepers always dive. 
But to roll it down the middle like he did, or to hit hit it in the middle, you know, it takes a lot of um, a lot of grit and a kind of a lot of uh, bravery. And yeah, he was very good. I'm glad he got some goals. I just hope he can kick on now and but kind of become not the player that I thought he would be, but just needing more productivity at the top end of the pitch a little bit. Brady, who have you got for boiling yeah. hot? Well, they've been writing articles about him saying, you know, he's he's finished dropping him from the team. But I tell you what, form is temporary and class is permanent. He's called Silver, but he's Chelsea goal standard. I mean, Thiago Silver, second half, he was epic, man. Like, he just, he was like, and it's things that you wouldn't see. He's just ordering people around. He's organising people. He's making, like, brilliant interceptions. I mean, I, I don't want to kind of get myself in a war. That's what a captain looks like to me. I mean, I don't, I'm just gutted he doesn't know English. He should, for me, he should be captain. He just, he looks like a captain out there. He looks like a leader. And... They all go to him for assistance, and yeah, I just think he's a quality player. I don't think he should be dropped anytime soon. Every time he drops a stinker, he just comes back stronger. Uh, 31 out of 33 accurate passes, 10 clearances, 6 headed recoveries, 3 out of 4 ground jewels won, 3 out of 4 aerial jewels won. He's 39, man. He's, he's just a quality player. And like, sometimes he might, you know, he lacks a pace and whatnot, but his anticipation, his reading of the game is second to none. And, um,. I think he's a fantastic player, and I know there's a lot of like you know he should be out of the team, but and don't get me wrong, I think he should be sometimes rested more and minutes chopped up a bit. But I thought he was brilliant, and after the Newcastle mistake, some players might hide. He just comes up and he beats his chest and quality performance in the second half. I think he got us through that second half. It's organising all the players, fantastic performance stuff for me. Boiling hot. Just just to be clear, I don't think anyone is suggesting dropping Thiago Silva because they don't think he's good. Um, I think obviously the the thesis behind dropping Thiago Silva is when you're tenth in the Premier League and he's forty years old. You know what what is the point really in in playing? You know you're trying to build for the future here at this point. You're not trying to build for the for the now. You know for again for the league. We've got to win this yeah. season. Like we're we're not we're not playing in 2026. Yeah, I think there is some advantages to to you know giving the experience. I mean you're talking about giving experience to other players like Mudrick. What for me? You know, for me, he is on the level or better than the centre backs we got still. So just play him. I mean, he's, he's like he's just a leader. You, you know, know? I, I think I, I I agree that he's on the level better. But I think in the same way, if there was a thirty five year old playing uh, at a higher level than Mudrick at wing, I think I'd be saying you know. I, I would agree with you if we had like a, a thirty two year old up front and a thirty seven year old in midfielder. We don't. He's our only. He's basically our only experience. What other experience do we have? I'm saying he's right? blocking. Let, let's say you know Fafana was, was back. He he's blocking that yeah, that. If, the finals on the injury table, man. Like, worry about that then. I'm sorry. Like, keep keep fit, and then you can you can kind of compete. Silver's in there every week, keeping himself fit. I think he's. I reckon he's got a fantastic diet. Keeps himself. Uh, keeps himself to himself. Doesn't go out. No, one, no one's disputing any of that. I just think if if you're going to play Kukurea and Reese James at uh, right and left back, then I think Colwell and Badia Shield would be my preference in terms of getting them experience and playing together. Maybe, maybe that could be our centre back partnership for the next fifteen years. But like, like, the, 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 the torch has got to be passed, right? Like he ain't let go of the torch yet. That's the thing. I agree. Obviously, silver. You're gonna put. You're gonna. Uh, but he's not. He's not. His level is not dipping at all. Like, uh, like if we look, well, he had a poor game last week. But yeah, I, I, I agree that well, he was fantastic. I said three weeks ago, who's the most influential player in the Optus stats? Who was it? Silver. Like he just. He's uh, for me. It, on the pitch, leadership is like you can't. It's not in the stats. It's not in the metrics. He's a leader. Like, you're right, you can't speak English. Maybe Todd Bowley should buy him Duolingo for Christmas or something. Because he is quality, man. He's mustard. And just, I just think you need him on the pitch. That's, and that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Really. Yeah, and I, I think, come out from maybe from a slightly different angle, I think you can do both things. 
I think you can have almost silver playing with Badia Shile and silver playing with Colwell. And they're learning a lot more, I think, than when they're playing together because we can experiment with that in, in the cup games. And hopefully if we get European, you know, Europa League next season, maybe silver's still about, I don't know. But um, I think there's an element of playing with silver's worth a lot more because you're learning a lot more than you would do. If you're playing with Fafana, I don't know what you're learning. You're kind of probably going to get found out quite quickly. So... It's all about, you know, you wouldn't bring a young player into a, a losing team and you don't I mean, bring centre-backs, you don't develop centre-backs with inexperienced players next to them. You have to you have to learn your trade somewhere and I think it's important that we remember that Silva's coaching these guys on the pitch probably half the time. I'm just talking about building a partnership as well. Obviously, the two left-footers as well is quite unique. I just want to see Badia Chile and Colwell play together, I think, and that's no, not, that's that's not a well. detriment to... Silver in any way, I think he's fantastic. One of my favourite all-time Chelsea players, probably, and he's been brilliant again. He was absolutely unreal yesterday in the second half, especially. Um, and yeah, let's like, do that I, against Sheffield United. Sure, yeah. I, I, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't think he's a he's a every week starter for me for the rest of the season. And also that you know, there's rumours obviously that he he could be off to um, uh, South America in, in January. I think there's a chance that he wants to move back there in January as well. Do not let um, that happen under any circumstances. Um, I think I think I think the what we're talking about is we're playing once a week, right? And I think this month he won't play every game. So Craig will get well. I mean, I, I agree. I think it'd be good. It's good to see the young, obviously the up and comers get full partnerships. But once we have one game a week and he's like the best player, one of the best players, and I think he's a fantastic leader. Just just play him. I mean, I yeah. get it. I mean, maybe... look, if we were playing the European Cup final tomorrow, he'd be in the team. There's no doubt about that. I don't yeah, think any cool. Chelsea fan would watch it and be like, no, I want someone else starting. He'd be in the team, so uh, yeah. it's more of a a, a, a macro issue, Brady. <laughs> Threw it in there. <laughs> Mustard, though, isn't he? Oh, he's so yeah. good. He's so so good. Oh, there's not a, there's not so a player good. like him. Just, there was a there was a point yesterday where it it got to a, a ding. Where is it? That's that was playing the wing for them. Um, and he tried to cut it back to Jao Pedro at the end of the game, and Silva just read it. And if you watch the video of it, because I, I I loved it in game at the time and I went back and watched it and he's just he's read it from like three yards away exactly what he's going to do it's so good I mean Elon Musk just just invent a time machine and I I just want to talk as well about centre-backs in general and and what skills are people you're talking about building athletic athletic type of centre-back and people love that these days Cole Will Baddy Ashil or whatever I think the best centre-backs of all time still now and and Silver's showing this John Terry showed it you know you you don't need any pace really to be a top centre-back even when you're playing high lines, you can play a high line. You just need to be intelligent enough to read the game. And, uh, you know, th- he's showing that that you can still play as one of the best centre-backs in the Premier League at, at 39, 40 years old. It's just incredible. Completely agree. Right. Craig, you're next. I, don't, I mean, I don't think there's really anyone else with Boiling Hot. I, was, I think you've, you've sort of talked about... No Enzo special mentions? And- no special mentions, really. I don't think that anyone else is deserving of, uh, of a mention, really. The only place we haven't talked about in the whole thing are Colwell and Sterling, right? I want to talk about Colwell, not because I think Colwell actually they said on I the I say uh, though, I guess they said on the road they said on the uh, straight out com podcast he had a bit of a roller coaster of a game, and I think he I think he had a bit from iffy moments in the game, but I mean it was such a funny moment when he scored. And then he was going nuts, and then he had to calm himself down. I mean, Levi, don't calm yourself down for Brighton fans, mate. Because you're having you're having a fight with you're having a fight with all the Brighton players at the end of the game anyway. So I hope that's the last time he scores against Brighton as respectful. Because it was such a funny moment where like 
he just was like going mad. He went, oh, I've got to calm down. It's like, I don't, just, just, just go mad. Like, you're, you're a Chelsea player now. Six-year contract. Don't worry about Brighton. So, yeah, I thought that was quite a funny moment. <laughs> that was good. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's talk about fancy Premier League. Well, the less said about that, the better, isn't it? Well, we'll just uh, quickly, right. quickly there's gloss over There's a certain James ESDR Brody, don't you say it? James CR Brody, or whatever. He's, he's in the top three. It's me. He's 20 points off the top. It's all that, then. We're I don't even a... want to say he's top. It's, it's Jamie Elwood. It's Can't uh, believe it. behind enemy lines. Uh, he, he put he put Braithwaite in, kept him in. Got, got Taylor up. and Braithwaite. And, uh, yeah, and Braithwaite. Uh, yeah, Craig had Gahey, Gabriel, and Simicast, which got him about three points altogether. So uh, yeah, and he's still got more flags than F1 race on his bench. He's still, he's got he's got the old school Lanty on the bench, and he's got. He's got Carney on the bench as well. We won't let him go. <laughs> Lamptey, is he? He's injured for like ever, isn't yeah. he? He's been injured for about two years. I think he came back for. He came back and played thirty-four I minutes. I think he starts with red flag. I think he starts with red flag in the season, and he actually has to prove his fitness. Lamptey, <laughs> <laughs> just, just can never get fit, can he? He was playing last week. You, you donuts. You haven't got a clue, have you? Well, I might have some clue because I'm the second highest point scorer in the week. Yeah, tell you what, seventy points, mate. He, he had Trent and Trippier. Have you heard the saying "even a blind squirrel can find a nut"? <laughs> you guys are you guys are sleeping on people like Alexander Arnold and Trippier and yeah. Odegaard. Hey, I tell you what though, Nick Jackson on the bench. What's that about? You, you yeah, played... he was on the bench. I thought um, Palmer wasn't going to play, so um, I just thought it would fix itself. But um, you, you, yeah, I tell true. you what, controversy here on the pod. You've played Ferguson and not Nick Jackson. Tell you what, mate, that's that's a bit much, isn't it? That's, Almost that's... like I forgot. You've always got about you've got so many points on your bench. <laughs> yeah, I know. My bench is absolutely cruising. You just play bench boost every week. Should be a separate table for the bench. Yeah, but hopefully, you know, by by Christmas, mate, I might be top. You never know. Well, you know what they say when you're top at Christmas. Yeah. There you go. So I have to wait and see. No, it's a competitive league, good for all good fun. Good fun, yeah. Yeah, um, and there's uh, more games to get stuck into midweek. Some absolute crackers coming up, including Chelsea's trip to Old Trafford. So have a good think about that. It's got to be got to be Captain Captain Jackson for that, isn't it? It's annoying that Villa City is obviously a really good game, and that's on at the same time um, as as Chelsea United. It's probably the only two games you want to watch. This I, week. I do love this week. It's the Amazon Prime week where yeah, you're at, it is good. you actually get football how it should be. You pay a thumbing amount and you get every game how football should be. So yeah, yeah. I do. I love the there's Amazon some, Prime week. There's some good 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 matches to uh, stack your points up. Arsenal playing Luton and Liverpool playing Sheffield United. Yeah, that, and they did that thing that they stagger the games. I really like that. So you can like kind of one win one's half time, you can watch another one. It's great. So and West Ham are playing Tottenham. So uh, Bowen. Get all these guys in. Um, lovely. Well, thank you very much, guys. That was uh, a good right. review. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. Hopefully some more, some, some more winning reviews. That'd be nice um, yeah. going forward. But that's all we've got time for today. Regardless of the result, we will be back after the Manchester United game um, for a full review. And we'll have a preview pod out before the game, obviously. For more updates on all things ESCR, you can follow us on Twitter or X at Eat Sleep Chelsea and Instagram at Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat. 
And as always, we hope you're carefree wherever you may be. And thanks for listening.